Welcome to the Psalms, a call to words podcast where timeless truths shape today's words. I am your host, David Bunce, and I hope that you will be blessed as we journey through the great songbook of the Bible. Psalm 49 is typically associated with wisdom literature. Many of the ideas in this psalm are echoed in the book of Proverbs and in the book of Ecclesiastes, especially in the temporary nature of life and how fleeting riches and wealth is without a hope in the rescue that God brings to his people. Psalm 49. To the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Hear this, all peoples. Give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor, together. My mouth shall speak wisdom. The meditation of my heart shall be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will solve my riddle to the music of the lyre. Why should I fear in times of trouble? When the inquiry of those who cheat me surrounds me, those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches— Truly no man can ransom another, or give to God the price of his life. For the ransom of their life is costly, and can never suffice, that he should live on forever and never see the pit. For he sees that even the wise die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. Their graves are their homes forever." their dwelling places to all generations, though they called lands by their own names. Man in his pomp will not remain. He is like the beasts that perish. This is the path of those who have foolish confidence, yet after them people approve of their boasts. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning." Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Be not afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases, for when he dies he will carry away nothing. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers, who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish." This psalm is very realistic about the fact that all of us live a temporary life. We are not here building eternal kingdoms or accumulating wealth that we get to take with us forever. In fact, the psalmist draws our attention to this reality over and over again that the rich are not going to keep their wealth, that it will be passed on to others. He uses the terms for them as stupid, including the fact that they may think that they will get to keep these things, but they will eventually have to distribute them to others. Those who did not gather will be the ones that reap. And so he calls at the beginning for all people to hear, that everyone should listen Perhaps he's inquiring of his own heart, this psalmist, uh, who is reminding the fact that his own success is not going to last forever and those of his enemies will not last forever. The wisdom is knowing that what we have is temporary. And so the psalmists draw our attention to this, this riddle of the music of the lyre. So why should we fear in times of trouble? 
The trouble that lasts, the wealth of the wicked and the oppressors will not endure. The abundance of their riches is not eternal. And yet we are drawn toward the idea that there is some form of rescue for those who trust in God, that there is some form of deliverance for the one who trusts in the Lord. This is so important for us to remember because we know that God has brought redemption and hope for those who trust in Him. We can even think of this idea that is described in the psalm of the rescue of God, the ransom of his soul. No man can do this, is what the psalmists describe. But God, in verse 15, will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. Long before the New Testament promises, long before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the psalmist is already putting his hope in faith that God will deliver. Of course, this is realized in the perfect resurrection of Jesus after his death, and we can think of Paul's glorious realization that death has been defeated in 1 Corinthians 15. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Sheol does not get the last word. Death does not reign forever, but God reigns forever. This is, as Kidner describes, one of the great mountaintops of Old Testament hope. It brings out into the open the assurance of victory over death in which Ecclesiastes leaves concealed. We know what happens underneath the sun, but it's all blank, it's all empty, it's all void, it's all temporary. But God promises this deliverance. Now, something else that this psalm draws out is the love of the world and the love of money that we who are uh, obsessed with being rich can put our faith and our hope not in God, but thinking that our prosperity is what is going to bring us hope. I think Alistair Begg brings us a good thought to guard our hearts when it comes to the the possibility of loving money, and it's first, that our thoughts are consumed with money. Second, other success makes us jealous. Two, defining success in terms of what I have rather than what I am in Christ. Then, thinking about my family as neglected in my pursuit of money. I close my eyes to the genuine need of others. I am living in the paralyzing fear of losing money. I am prepared to borrow myself into bondage. And then finally, God gets my leftovers rather than my first fruits. This generosity that should mark Christians is siphoned away, is withdrawn from the Christian life when generosity is not present in the heart by recognizing that all that God gives is gift. All that we have is because he has deigned to give it to us. So, Christians necessarily should then be selfless with our possessions. It's the total opposite of the man that this psalm describes and displays. The wicked man trusts in his wealth, boasts in the abundance of his riches, and even possibly thinks that he can save someone else's soul because of it. But it's not possible. So, we also then are drawn to the realization that temporary treasures are not going to be what ultimately delivers, even though money, of course, does answer some of the problems in this world. We are necessarily bound to needing financial uh, prosperity in some aspect of our lives if we are to do well, but 
we also recognize the limitations of such riches. One commentator talks about the uh, need for riches, and yet even the Bible admits that it is good for many things. So, in a multitude of cases, ultimately, it's powerless. It cannot buy talent or any uh, excellence of mind or heart. It cannot give a good constitution or prolong life for a day. It cannot in, uh, diminish fears. It cannot cool a fever or drive away a chill. It cannot soothe a pain in the head or an ache in the heart. Towards one's salvation, it can contribute nothing whatsoever. Though it may aid in many things, and we can even think possibly when we consider the act of sickness, we can pay for modern medicine, yet we are not ultimately able to save, prolong, give life through money alone. It is needed, uh, but it is not ultimate. God doesn't want us placing any hope ultimately in anything other than Him. He is our source of safety, our source of refuge, our hope, and so we place our faith in Him. So instead, what are we to do? We are still needing money in certain places and certain things. We need it to be able to eat, to be able to survive, yet becoming rich can't be the goal of our lives because just gathering things will ultimately lead to those things gaining uh rot and falling apart and being given to other people. One person says that you see the wealthy person's glory on television, in social media, larger houses, more cars, nicer clothes, but all of it dies with him at his death. He has more and more and more and more, and then suddenly, absolutely nothing. God's glory will not abandon and betray you like that. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We need to make sure that what we are living for is something that cannot be destroyed by moth and rust, but is something that endures forever, recognizing the rescue that God promises from the power of death and that He promises He will receive those who are in Him. This is a key realization for us, not to trust in things that are temporary, but to put our faith in the One who is eternal. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the fact that you are our ultimate hope, that you are the one who redeems, that you are the one who allows us to have faith and hope and to not fear. Lord, for those of us who might be inclined to trust in our financial prosperity, Lord, keep us from that. Help us to trust in you. Help us to be generous with the gifts that you give us financially and in every aspect of our lives, that we would be seeking to steward what you have given us well, that we would be good and faithful servants of our King who has graciously given us all things. We worship you and praise you as the giver of life, the rescuer from the pit, and the salvation of our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to The Psalms, a Called to Words podcast. For more content, just visit calledtowords.com. I hope you will join us again next time for more riches from The Psalms.